You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. Well, we're continuing on our teaching on the Holy Spirit. I just want to make sure you're paying attention. We're going to continue our teaching tonight on the Holy Spirit. Uh, We don't have a time limit on this as far as how many weeks or whatever. Uh, This will be exhaustive in the sense not that it wears you out, but more complete. uh, Because I feel there's a a lot of important ground that needs to be covered and covered in in the right way. Um, We have to have a right understanding of things. How many of you know if you don't understand something, you're going to end up using it wrong? You know, holding the golf club at the wrong end or something, you know. Uh, So we want to make sure that we're seeing from Scripture properly concerning the Holy Spirit. I opened this whole series, uh, and we've mentioned it a number of times, that if you'd never been to church, never watched Christian television, never heard any sermons or anything on the Holy Spirit, you had only read the, the Bible, then you would be so open to the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do. You would have a greater expectation and, and desire for him to work in your life. If you just took God at his word. Unfortunately, you know, you've got a whole lot of uh, different views and teachings and misinformation and, and no information and those kind of things that happen along the way. And traditions that take things too far. We've talked about that. Some other traditions don't think things anywhere. You know, and so what we're trying to do is just be in the road of truth, get in the, get in the light of God's word so that we can fully understand, uh, all that he would reveal to us about the Holy Spirit. I think that's a good thing to do. Amen. Now, the first love gift from God is forgiveness through Jesus. That's the first love gift. The second one is the fullness of and from the Holy Spirit. So, First of all, that we would have forgiveness. That's incredible. And then secondly, then, that we could have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And that also that we could have the fullness that comes through him. It's really a restoration of the Holy Spirit in our life. He restores. He takes us back to kind of an original design when we have the Holy Spirit working in our life uh, in his fullness. Now, the main ministry of the Holy Spirit, you you must, must embrace this. The main ministry of the Holy Spirit is personal. It's personal. It's even intimate. Let, Let me define for you. To teach you. To remind you. You know, the other day, and I take no credit for this. I told you about her birth certificate. Uh, our marriage license. Both those things are from last century. You know? Sorry. Sorry, Ben. Your picture's great, though, by the way. Um, you know, I, I just breathed out a little prayer. And I wanted peace for her. And I wanted, Lord, you know where that's at. I mean, maybe 30 words that I uttered to God, but I trusted him. And I mean, within minutes, guess what he did? I, it just in my brain. I mean, the word that come from and I recognized it. And, and I, I went up the stairs excited because I knew I would not have thought of this. And it's like I could almost see where it was, you know, and, and that's that's awesome. 
And he'll help us with things like that. So he'll remind us. He'll lead us. He will guide us. He will comfort us. He helps us in prayer. He helps us when we don't know how to pray as we ought. He gives us the wonderful gift of our prayer language. He helps us also. Praying in the spirit is not just in other tongues. I think praying in the spirit is also prompted by the Holy Spirit with the understanding. That's, that's another way that he would do it as well. Also, and I used the, the word just there, prompt, that he will prompt us. He will correct us. He will convict us. We could go on and on and on of the things that the scripture says that he will do and the things that we've, we've experienced that he does. And what that is, it's personal and that's intimate. What did we determine? There's 168 hours every week. Roughly two of those are in church. The rest of them, you know, it's just you. And I don't want to, I don't want to do the other 166 by myself. And some people have relegated the ministry of the Holy Spirit to just inside four walls, you know, with a church and a preacher and all those kind of things. And that is a, that is a, a, a great misinterpretation of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so his primary uh, main ministry is in your life personally and even intimately in your life. Now, I feel constrained as I prayed preparing for this. I really felt constrained in my heart. To teach a little bit longer on the primary on this primary aspect of the Holy Spirit and His personal work in our life, um, we will get into gifts and manifestations of the Spirit and how He wants to do things in a public setting and how He wants to do things uh, with you and another person or another uh, group of people or whatever. That's very very important. But I believe if we're ever going to have proper order, proper operation, proper involvement in what the Holy Spirit wants to do in a public setting, you have to intimately be acquainted with him. Y'all hear me? You know, and what happens a lot of times, some of the things that I believe go wrong in a public sense is because people really are not personally acquainted with the Holy Spirit. And they'll do things under the name and the umbrella of the Holy Spirit that has, (laughs) doesn't even resemble what he would do. And so it's very important if we're going to have proper order, proper operation of those things, it's important then that we have that going on in our lives. Can I get an amen on that? Now, the goal publicly is edification and glorification, that the body is edified and God is glorified. And when things are not done in a right way, it ends up that the body is not edified and God is not glorified. And those are very, very clear in Paul's teachings in Corinthians that those things are, are, are paramount, that the body be edified and that he be glorified. Now, I won't go into all of this, but uh, just to review for you, uh, we are to be spirit born. Secondly, spirit filled. Thirdly, spirit led. Fourthly, spirit formed. So we're spirit born, spirit filled, spirit led, spirit formed. Those are very, very important. You can be spirit born and spirit filled and there'll be no real fruit in your life because you're not being spirit led. If we consistently are filled and led, we will end up being spirit formed. And that takes less of our effort because as Galatians 4.19 says, then it's the life of Christ actually being lived in us because he's formed in us. And so that's the goal that we're being more and more conformed into his image. Amen. Amen. And so we've really been pounding that because I've I've been super led that that we do that. Last week we talked about the baptism or the filling of the Holy Spirit. And the end result of that, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall receive what? Oh, come on. You shall receive what? 
power. I think somebody said snacks. That was probably me. I'm hungry. Okay. You shall receive power. What is that power for? The power is, first of all, for living. Anybody need some help living? We need help living. Um, We need power for that. To overcome. Anything you got to overcome? You have to overcome stress and sadness sometimes and pressure. Temptation, strongholds, different things like that. We've, We've got to have some power to help us to live. Second of all, we've got to have power to serve. And we'll be talking about more, uh, more about this in the fall uh, in a series I'll be doing on the weekends. And, uh, and I'm not sure what I'm going to call it yet. But basically the idea is, is uh, it's, more, uh, it's beyond us. You know, God's work in our life is certainly to us. But it's beyond us. It's, it's, he saved us, but he left us here. And he wants to use us. And then part of our mandate, you know, has to do with the world and the poor and, and what we're to be doing with those, those things. And so beyond us is, is much, much more than us coming together, getting halfway dressed up or whatever, coming together, finding our row, smiling at some people, singing some songs in the air conditioning and, you know, and greeting some folks and hearing a message and, you know, going on your way. How many of you know that there's, there's probably more to it than just that? Could it be that we're actually being trained? Could it, could it be, and I've said this for years, that this might actually be a barn and you're like equipment for the harvest and we come in here to get fixed up and lubed up and fueled up, get, get your plow cleaned and get, get tweaked and so we can go out. Could, could it maybe be about that, not just us feeling good? Amen. Amen. And uh, so power to serve and then also power to be witnesses, not just power to do witnessing, but to be witnesses. The problem is, uh, as I see it in a lot that I read these days, there is there's not a lot of difference between those that are spirit born and spirit filled and those that aren't even born again. People in the family of God and people outside the family of God. I've actually run into some settings where some people that I come to find out they're in church their whole life. They would not consider themselves religious or even Christian. They, they don't read the Bible. They don't pray. And I've actually found some of them to be more pleasant to deal with than some, well, bless God. Do you know what we're against? You know, everybody already knows what we're against. How about we let them know what we're for, you know? How about we have some fruit in our life? How about we have some joy and power in our, in our life? Amen. But there's not a, lot of, not a lot of difference. Malachi prophesied, Malachi 3.18, he said that, and I'm paraphrasing this, that there will be a day, and I believe it has to start, there, there is a discernible distance, uh, difference, a discernible difference. Between those who serve God and those who don't serve God. That there will be a discernible difference. Clear difference. Between those that are righteous and those that are wicked. The Bible said that. And it has to start with us. It has to start in me. It has to start in you. That there is a real difference. Now. Let's read some scripture here. In Romans chapter 8 verse 9. In the Amplified Bible. It says, but you are not living the life of the flesh. 
you are living the life of the spirit. Everybody say the life of the spirit. You are living the life of the spirit if the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you, directs and controls you. But if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, and this really is referencing spirit born, okay? He is none of his. He does not belong to Christ and is not truly a child of God. And, and there that, that proves that as well. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 19 and 20 in the new living. It says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Everybody say my body. My body. Think about it again. My body. Say it. My body, my body. Is, the is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He, lives he lives in me. Say it again. He lives in me. Now, Paul was addressing the church at Corinth and they had some horrible stuff going on and, and he figured it out. He said, you know, I know what your problem is. Here's the prayer phrase. I know what your problem is. You don't realize that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have forgotten somehow. You don't realize that he lives in you. Because that would make the difference. Let me go back and read this again. First Corinthians six nineteen and 20. Do, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor. Everybody say must. must. A strong word. You must honor God with your body. And I won't get into all that right now. But there's so many things that... Uh, Churches across the land are saying, this is acceptable. And I just have a hard time just coming right down to here. I don't think I could honor God. I just don't think that would honor God if I did that. I just don't think that would honor God if I participate in that. So I'll leave that alone because I've got another subject I'm working on tonight. All right. If the Holy Spirit dwells in us and if we are his temple, there should be a huge difference. In our lives. Huge. Let me illustrate it for you. If I were to come out here tonight. uh, Or walk up to you tomorrow. And say that God visited me. And I had a special encounter with God. And he entered me. And he filled me. With supernatural ability. To play golf. Why are you laughing? If I told you that, that God poured something into me and gave me supernatural ability to play golf or or basketball. Then if you came and watched me play golf or basketball, wouldn't you be expecting? Wouldn't you come on? Wouldn't you be expecting? I mean, if you what if it what if I was on some team and it was in the papers, it was in the news and ESPN. Uh. Sent a camera crew and everything. Hadn't even started it. And let's just say it's basketball. And if I came out on the court, people going, that's the guy. They hadn't even played yet. But when the whistle blew and, the, and there's the tip off and the game started. And if, if my claim was true, that God had visited me, a supernatural encounter. He poured within me a supernatural ability to do this. Wouldn't you be expecting something Well, if God dwells in you and I, and we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and he lives in us, 
then why are we so mamby-pamby, depressed half the time, just coming undone? Can't overcome anything? Come on. Now, if I had told you all that stuff about, you know, my supernatural golfing or basketball or whatever, and then I was pathetic, and there's no improvement in my game, you go, that's a farce. Come on. But if I was awesome, people said, man, lay hands on me. Believe with me, you know, people would want what you have. But when we go around with claims of Holy Spirit of God, who was here at creation, who was the very power that raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in. He raised Jesus from the dead and he never left, folks. And he's working in and through his church. He wants to. And then what is it then? Why is it that we can't handle things? Why is it that there's not a lot of differences? Why is it that our, our path is not full blown in the light? Why is it that we're not overcoming? Why, why are those things happening? That's what I want to look at for just a few minutes tonight. Is that all right with you? Amen. And it probably has everybody already aggravated. But that's good. This is a holy aggravation. What about fruit? Is there fruit in our life? Let's... I want to read this and we're going to go over the fruit of the spirit just real quick here. But the fruit of the spirit, this should be in us. Hold, hold on a second. Does God dwell in us? Yes. Are we the temple of the Holy Spirit? Yes. Is, he, is, is he at work in our lives? Yes. Then this should be showing up. Yes. These things should be showing up. You just kind of personal checklist here. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, Kindness, man, that's a big one. Let's say that one again. Kindness. One more time. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. How about this next one? Self-control. Against such there is no law. Now, if you and I say, I, the temple of the Holy Spirit, He lives in me. Then why are you strutting around like a peacock? Why do you have no self-control? How come you have no peace? Why can't you be kind to people? See, that'd be the same thing as me blasting it all over the place. God visited me and wait till you see me play basketball. And then nothing happened. Pathetic. Uniform doesn't even fit right, you know? Y'all hearing what I'm saying? James talked about it in James chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter at the same opening? Can I tell you something? For some believers, that's the only impossible thing they ever do. Is that they have, they have both fresh water and bitter water coming out of the same spout. Brethren, these things ought not be so. So what do we do? What do we do about this? Let's look at it. Uh, I shared this with you a couple weeks ago. The only difference between a carnal defeated Christian and a spiritual victorious Christian 
is a revelation of the Spirit. A revelation of the Spirit. Revelation goes way beyond. Everybody say way beyond. It goes way beyond just a head knowledge. We could stand up here all day and say, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. We could make up little songs about it. I know some. We're not going to do them right now. And he lives in me. You know, we, we could do that all day, but it's going to have to go beyond just a head knowledge kind of thing. This is going to have to be revelation. A revelation that he is in me and he is with me and he helps me and he is greater. He is in me. He is with me. He's help- and I'm not just saying repeat it a thousand times. That won't get it for you either. It's a revelation. A revelation means it's something revealed. Supernatural disclosure. It's to uncover, to reveal, to make known. Heard this years ago and I believe it to be true. Revelation does not come by investigation. But it does come to those who investigate. I'll say it again. Revelation does not come by investigation. But it does come to those who investigate. Let me put it to you this way. If you seek, you'll find. If you are a seeker, he will make sure that you find. You can't find it on your own. But he will reveal things to you. Let me take it a little bit further. I believe that revelation is the fruit of consistent fellowship and communion with the Lord. Not minimizing God in our life. Not ignoring the Holy Spirit in our life. But consistently. Everybody say consistently. This is the big factor here. Consistently having fellowship and communion with the Holy Spirit. Let's read a couple of verses here. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14. The grace of our Lord, of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Let me read it to you in the Message Bible. The amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and I love this part, the intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Intimate fellowship. Everybody say that. Intimate fellowship. A friendship, I'm sorry, intimate friendship, intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. And this is that communion and fellowship with the Spirit. Let, let me prescribe what it is here. It's to wait on the Lord. Did you know most people don't wait for nothing? Come on, we don't wait for nothing. I heard a comedian the other day. He said that he thought that's what hell was. We we're going to have to wait in line. Be like going to the post office and they have 15 windows and only two of them are open. He said, that's what hell would be like. And the, and the guy in front of you is, is humming the theme from Golden Girls. He said, that's what hell would be like. But we don't know how to wait for anything. And let alone get alone with God and wait. Most people don't make it through the curtain or the veil of their own flesh or emotions. We don't, we, have you ever waited 30 seconds? I don't think he's showing up. You know, before the days of cell phones, sometimes you waited a long time. Meet me in St. Louis. Where? When? Yeah, I remember times my mom was going to pick me up for something. I said, mom, we finished band practice at such and such a time. All right. Well, if she wasn't there, I couldn't call her. You just wait. I said, you wait. 
And good things come to those who wait. And if God, and I think it's by design, God wants you to wait on him. I think it's by design. Because if you just went in there, God, God, hey. You, de- you wouldn't develop some things that he wants you to develop. You wouldn't treasure what he wants you to treasure. And so one of the ways that we have communion and fellowship and intimate friendship is we wait. Also, we worship. And I'm talking about by yourself. It's easy to come in here with some, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. We have some fabulous musicians. We've got awesome sound system and, and technicians. Uh, sometimes I don't even think y'all know what you have. Some, one week I want to send everybody out of town to another church. Way far away. I'm not, I'm not speaking about any other church. And then, and then come back, okay? So you can, you can appreciate. Yes, amen. But I'm not even talking about them. I'm talking about you by yourself. With your morning breath. And some people that get so whoop-de-doo fancy sometimes in worship, I bet you don't do it by yourself. And you've got to learn to be a true worshiper, and a true worshiper does it all by himself with God. And lift up your hands. You know, I just dare you, don't lift up your hands in here again until you start doing it all alone with him. That's almost a, you know, if the only time I ever spoke to my wife or gave her a hug or whatever was in public... I promise you, she ain't going to want to talk or hug in, in private. Are y'all with me? Yes. So what is this? Just a show that you talk to me in front of people? Is this just a show that you lift up your hands to me in front of people? You've got to be a true worshiper all by yourself. Sing. Get into his word. Just spend some time. Open Bible in your lap. Nothing in your hands. Pray. Pray in the spirit. Obey the smallest promptings. Repent. Walk in love. Meditate. And here's the big one. Keep showing up. And I think if you will just keep showing up. Early in the morning, I will rise up and greet you. Early in the morning, I'll be there. And don't just show up. Show up hungry and thirsty. Show up hungry and thirsty and you set a law in motion that you will be filled. And show up and, I mean, do it. If there's one thing I could make you do is to get your carcass out of comfort zone. We kid at my house because I go to bed before anybody because I get up before anybody. So I always tell them, listen, I got to go. I'm the mayor of Sleepy Town. (laughs) Got some business, got to take care of. A couple parades, ribbon cuttings, a couple... Things. Love you all, but business calls, you know, and so and we, we know dad, you know, so I go, but you know, I have to do that at night so that I can get up in the morning and do this thing right. And that's got to be non-negotiable for you and keep showing up and keep showing up and keep showing up. And you know what? He'll start to share some things because he'll trust you. He'll start to share some things with you. He'll drop something into your heart. And sometimes I can't even articulate it yet. There aren't even words I can wrap around it yet. But it's like. And then later he just starts to form that on the inside. And it's kind of like. 
meet me here again tomorrow, kid. And you come back again, hungry and thirsty. Hungry and thirsty. Come back again. Not checking your Facebook. Just getting before him. Getting before God. And listen, you don't have to show up, you know. Whatever. Get yourself to a place where you now, I'm, I'm going well, to, you can pay attention to God. Get yourself to a place. You know what I'll do? I'll get myself all ready. Get myself comfortable. Get a cup of hot tea. Get my stuff. I get in my chair and I wait on God. You know, you don't want to show up miserable. God, I got to go to the bathroom. So take care of all that. Okay. Get your body fixed up so it's not in rebellion. And then get before God and wait upon him. It does not come by investigation, but it does come to those who investigate. It comes to those who keep showing up. And that's the thing. Keep showing up. Keep showing up. Keep showing up. But I don't feel so good today. And I ended yesterday on a bad note. And I've had three bad days in a row or whatever your deal. Keep showing up. Just keep showing up. Hungry and thirsty. And this is what happened. I've got to bring this to a close here. Then it becomes spirit to spirit. An intimate friendship starts. Romans 8 says that he bears witness with our spirit. Praying in the spirit seems to tune our spirit to hear his spirit. And we've talked about that a lot previously. And the result, you ready for this? The result? Power. What do you need power for? To live? To serve? And to be a witness? You will draw power from that time. I can't explain it for you. I can't describe it for you. I don't understand it fully. And sometimes I'm not aware of it until later. But there's a grace. There's something he gives you just by showing up. Just by showing up. He's going to give you power to live and power to serve and power to be a witness. Just by coming up. Ephesians 6.10 in the Amplified describes it for us. It says this. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Watch this. Be empowered through your union with him. I love this part. Draw your strength from him. That strength which his boundless might provides. Here's the whole deal. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God dwells in you. Stop ignoring that. Stop minimizing that. Take it beyond head knowledge. And get a revelation of that by getting with him. Intimate friendship with him. Press in. Seek to know him more. Hunger and thirst. Keep showing up. I'll tell you what. He'll start to unfold things to you. And put things in you that you know you don't even realize till later. Wow. He must have stuck that in my pocket so to speak. While I was with him this morning. Years ago. um, And I won't say who it was right now. A good friend of mine in the ministry. Um, we had spent some time together and when I was leaving, um, and it was kind of winter time and I was out where he lives, I, we hugged when I left and I felt him do something and I didn't, I didn't really pay attention. And then later I'm getting on the plane to fly home and I took my coat off to put in the overhead thing and just checked my pockets real quick and he'd stuffed money in my pocket. And you know what? I didn't even know it at the time. But I thought, that booger. Now, never call God that. Okay. But I'm, I think sometimes when you're just with him like that, he's putting things in your life. And it's not till later that you realize, where did I get that? 
Thank you, Lord. I'm going to show up again tomorrow. Because he will give you the power. He'll give you the revelation. He'll give you what you need. And every day, will you do this? Will you ask him, fill me? Fill me every day.